Uh, I found this. It's the rules for a male-female relationships. Tell me, uh, decide here if you agree with some of these. The female always makes the rules. Amen? Okay. The rules are subject to change any time without prior notification. No male can possibly know all the rules. If the female suspects the male knows all the rules, she must immediately change some or all of the rules. The female is never wrong. <laughs> the, you're not. The female, if the female is wrong, which she isn't, it's because of a flagrant misunderstanding, which was a direct result of something the male did or said wrong. If six, if rule number six applies, the male must apologize immediately for causing this misunderstanding. The female can change her mind at any given point in time. The male must never change his mind without express written consent from the female. The female has every right to be angry or upset at any time. The male must remain calm at all times unless the female wants him to be angry or upset. The female must, under no circumstances, let the male know whether or not she wants him to be angry or upset. Any attempt to document these rules will result in bodily harm to the male. Okay, ladies, rules that will help women understand men. <laughs> First one I love. It took me a long time to, to, to actually learn this the right way, but learn to work the toilet seat. If it's up, don't come and tell us about it. Put it down. Any amens there? No? You guys too scared? Okay, I understand. Uh, don't cut your hair ever. Uh, don't make us guess. If you ask us, I love this one, if you ask us a question you don't want an answer to, Expect an answer you don't want to hear. Sometimes we're not thinking about you. We're never thinking about the relationship. Uh, shopping is not everyone's idea of a good time. Now, I know I'm wrong on this one, but you have enough clothes. You have too many shoes. Crying is blackmail. Use it if you have to, but don't expect us to like it. You're, I don't know if this hits any of you. Your brother is an idiot. I don't know if that hits any of <laughs> any amens there. I that wasn't my case. Uh, ask for what you want. Subtle hints don't work. Amen to that. No, we don't know what day it is. Mark anniversaries, please. Uh, share the bathroom. Share the closet. Yes and no are perfectly acceptable answers. Uh, and, and finally, a headache that lasts seventeen months is a problem. See a doctor. Uh, today we're going to. We're going to look at uh, the, the book of Ephesians. We're going to laugh a little bit, but we're also going to see something very valuable as, uh, as Paul speaks to relationships. Uh, for those of you that are here and you're, you're not married or, uh, uh, or, or young enough that you're not worrying about that yet, there, there is some application. I hope that you'll look to, to find it as we understand it. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Paul Paul switches directions here as he's, he's teaching, and he starts to talk about some important stuff uh, about the Christ-Church relationship. He illustrates and talks about what the church should look like in relationship to Christ, and the way he illustrates that is using the husband-wife relationship. I'm going to start uh, in verse 21 to start with, and then we'll, we'll let that preface what we're going to say here in a minute. Verse 21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. So so to, as a backdrop backdrop to everything I'm going to say this this morning, 
we're going to look at that verse. We are to submit to Christ, uh, and that submission goes across the spectrum. In fact, as we follow on through Ephesians, Paul Paul talks about several different uh, applications where we need to respect one another, we need to res- uh, we need to submit to one another. But the reason we do it, the 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 backdrop, the purpose of that is to give reverence to Christ. So this morning, as we talk about having amazing marriages and having strong marriages, the backdrop is simply this. It needs to be done out of reverence to Christ. If we understand that what motivates us should be honoring Christ and honoring Him, then we will, we will have, have a much better chance to, uh, uh, to reaching that goal. Our marriages are uniquely individual and personal, and yet they're also very spiritual and communal with Christ. Certainly our marriage, is, you know, it's, it's me and my wife, it's you and your husband, it's you and your wife. It's very personal, and yet, according to Scripture, Christ has called Himself in, and it's also committed in with Him. Uh, if you have your Bibles, look in Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter 5. I'm not going to read the whole section. The whole section is verses 22 to 33, but let me read just a couple sections there. First of all, he speaks to... Uh, he speaks to wives. You probably have heard these verses at weddings. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, which he is the Savior. Now, as, to, as the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And then he goes on and changes directions and talks about the husband. Husbands, love your wives, uh, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. Here's the first, here's the first R. It's respect. We have to respect. Now, I know the passage, when we look at it, it uh, uh, it, it's talking about submission and love, but if you if you lump that all together, if you kind of tie it all together, particularly with verse twenty one, where it says we're to submit to one another, uh, husbands and wives submitting to each other, we submit to other people as well. When we submit together to honor Christ, it creates respect. This was actually a a, a, a an exciting and yet a, a controversial. Um, uh, attitude and thought in the first century. This concept of mutual love and mutual respect for one another, husband and wife, what wasn't understood in uh, in the early days uh, of Scripture. William Barclay puts it this way. He says, under Jewish law, a woman was a thing. She was the possession of her husband just as much as his house or his flocks or his material goods were. She had no, no legal right whatsoever. And in Greek society, who Paul uh, reached out to quite often. In Greek society, a respectable woman lived a life of ent- entire seclusion. She never appeared on the streets alone, not even to go marketing. She lived in a woman's apartment and did not join in her menfolk even for meals. From her, uh, from her, there was demanded a complete servitude and chastity, but her husband could go out as much as he chose to. This passage turns the worldview upside down. It calls for husbands and wives have a mutual, a mutual respect. So respect, respect is mutual. 
yes, a wife is called to submit to her husband by honoring and glorifying him. A, a husband is called to love his wife in a sacrificial way. Marriage is us seeing ourselves in a partnership where we may have different roles and responsibilities, but we're equal. We're working together for success, for fulfillment, for happiness, for partnership. We're working together to show reverence to Christ. We must be willing to sacrifice mutually. Ed Graff says this about marriage. Marriage is when you agree to spend your life sleeping in a room that's too warm besides someone who's sleeping in a room that's too cold. See, marriage calls for us to be mutually willing to sacrifice. We also need to see one another mutually. Now, husbands, I need you to do something for me. If you would, look away from your wife. Now, don't cheat her. Look away from your wife. I don't want you looking at her. Now, what I want you to think about for just a second. Now, don't cheat and look back at her. What color clothes does she have on? Derek, you got up here first, so I'm going I'm to challenge you. Is that right? I see the gray shirt, so I am impressed. Chad, I'm, I'm going to put you to the test here. Man, you guys are good. I got to get someone to mess up. Uh, it, it, it. There's green in it. Yeah. <laughs> I. That's, yeah, that's close enough. Hey, you guys did. It's a blue green. Yeah, you guys did really good. I'm, I'm really surprised because had you asked me. Now, I, I knew today because I made sure I paid attention. Had you asked me that, I'd have been in trouble. I oftentimes, anytime I hear about someone go missing and, and the report is she was wearing a blue shirt and she had this, and I'm thinking, man, if Rita went missing and the, the cops asked, what was she wearing? Clothes? I mean, I think she was pants and a shirt and she probably had a dress on that day. I, uh, uh, mutual respect is, is, calls us to see one. Now, now that doesn't mean you have to be able to tell every day what your wife has on. But, but what I'm talking about is that we actually see one another. In, in Philippians uh, chapter 2, Paul tells us that we are to, uh, to, to not look just to our own interests, but also to the interests of others. Uh, we consider people equal to us and, and even look uh, and, and hold their interests above ours. In marriage, it calls for us to literally see one another. Th- that's respect when we actually notice uh Notice our wife, notice our husband, notice what's going on in their life, notice their needs, notice their, their struggles, notice their pains, notice their heartaches, notice what, what moves them and inspires them. Don't expect to have a marriage that's endearing and enduring unless you're willing to mutually sacrifice and mutually see one another for who you really are. And, and finally, we're, we're also called to have have respectful marriages that are meaningful. The, the respect isn't just there, but it has meaning to it. A couple on their 50th wedding anniversary had a big gathering, and, and as they were there, they, they kind of got up at the end and were talking a little bit, and someone asked that question that always has to be asked at a at a, a, a an anniversary party like that. Well, what's your secret to success? And so the husband spoke first, and he said, thought about it for a second, he said, 
said, I always try to, 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 to think of my wife and, and, and be selfless. There's no I in marriage. And then his wife spoke, and she says, I've always tried not to, to correct my husband's spelling. If you think about it, there's an I in marriage. Is <laughs> our, our, our marriages need to be meaningful by our actions. We, we can say we respect our wife, that, man, I honor my wife. We can say we respect our husband, we honor him, we submit to him, but what do our actions say? Do our actions demonstrate that a man, uh, man came to visit uh, the, the minister, uh, his minister, and uh, he, he said, I've got to tell you something. I've never told anyone this, but my wife and I have been married for 30 years, and we have fought every day for 30 years. And the minister said, every day? And he said, yes, every day. So the minister said, have you fought today? He said, yes. The minister said, well, how did that, how did that, turn out what what happened he said well she came crawling back to me on her hands and knees and and the minister said well, what'd she say crawl out from under that bed and fight like a man you coward <laughs> actually our actions our actions need to uh need to show that we care how do we show respect how do we show meaningful respect for one another? Jesus summed it up in Matthew chapter 5, 16. He said, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Our, our wife, our husband needs to see in our actions. They need to see in our actions uh, respect and love and care. Also, it's by our words. Cliff uh, Notorious and Howard Markman did a study. They, they studied about, about 100 uh, couples, and, and they studied them over the first 10 years of their marriage. And this is what they found. If, if for every 100 conversations and interactions that the husband and wife had together, if, if for every 100 comments that they made to one another, five or less of those comments were negative in nature, they found that those marriages survived. But if in every hundred comments and conversations and, and words that were said between the husband and wife, if ten or more of those were negative, if ten or more of those were jabs or cuts or put-downs or negative in nature, that uh, uh, as, as a, a rule, the marriages didn't survive. Ogden Nash put it into a little poem. He said this, To keep your marriage brimming with love in the loving cup, whenever you're wrong, admit it. Whenever you're right, shut up. Uh, we have to decide, are we going to let our words, are we going to let our words make the difference? A couple was having trouble in their marriage and they went and saw a counselor and the counselor said, well, try this. For the, for the, next, uh, for the next week, whenever you have a complaint, uh, take a box and, and, and have two boxes and, and whenever you have a complaint, write that complaint down and put it in the box. So, so the husband had a box, the wife had a box. At the end of the week, uh, they were told to take that box and, and go over the complaints. And maybe that helped the communication start to work a little bit. So, so at the end of the week, they opened the boxes. The husband opened the box of his wife first. And, and, and there were some obvious ones in there. Uh, left the lid off the jelly and, and on the counter. Uh, left a towel on the floor. His clothes weren't put in the dirty clothes hamper. Things like that. When, 
when the wife opened the box that the husband had, she pulled out the first slip, and on it it said, I love you. And on the second one she pulled out, it said, I love you. And on the third one it said, I love you. And I know what you're thinking, ladies. Where do you get a husband like that? But but what he had thought was every time that she ticked him off, and it had happened, instead of writing it down, he thought, what if I said I love you? What What if my words uh, lifted her up instead of cutting her down? See, they have to be meaningful, and our our respect has to be has to be moving. Do people see your marriage? Do people see how you interact with one another, and are they moved by that? Rena and I had an interesting interesting thing happen to us this weekend. Uh, we were down in the Springfield area for a wedding. I had a wedding that I performed Friday night, and. So we were we we're at the, re- the the reception, and it was in this this fancy barn. It was a really cool reception, and we were upstairs sitting along the edge, and we were so we were looking down uh, down kind of on the main floor, and, and that's where all the stuff was happening. That's where the dance floor was. That's where the DJ was set up, and they were doing all the different things that you do, the first dance and all that. And they came to the time where where they cut the cake, and so 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 Troy and Mar, the 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 couple went over and they they cut the cake. And, and they, they did just like you all do and like all weddings. They took the cake and then they smashed it on each other's face and, and, and cake fell on the floor and they laughed and they all got pictures. And we're standing there, there watching. And, and, and one of the guys that was with us, one of our friends with us said, Elbow said, Hey, look. And Larry, uh, Larry and Ruth, the parents of the, the groom, some of the, some of our, our most favorite people. They are such, such neat people. And they are such a neat couple. And their son, Troy, who got married, is such a cool guy. But, but, but he said, look. And Larry, the husband, had grabbed a napkin while everyone else was going on and they were laughing. He went over and grabbed a napkin and was cleaning up the floor. And, and then, and then, uh, then a friend said, hey, look, again. Then Troy, their son, grabbed a napkin right beside his dad and was cleaning up the t- cake off the floor. You, you gotta know Troy and you gotta know Larry and his wife Ruth. Ruth, uh, Ruth had three small children when she tragically lost her husband in a, uh, a farming accident. Uh, she was left with one child just a few months old and two toddlers. A few years later, she, on a blind date, met uh, Larry and, and, uh, and they got married. We were talking about that. Man, man, what a great guy to, to, to marry a lady with three, and he was about 30 years old, had been a bachelor his whole life, to marry someone with three kids, but they are such a loving couple. They both have such a heart of service, and it was so illustrated to me, Larry's heart of service to reach down and clean up the floor, and and what had his son been taught? What had it, What has his son seen in his dad but to do the same thing? The, the thought crossed my mind, Troy and Mara, they're going to do well. They're going to have a wonderful marriage because he's seen it. See, our our marriages need to be respectful so that they move, not just us, but they can move other people. Let me go on the second R. I'm not going to stay here on the next two R's very long, and I definitely don't want to stay on this one very long because you might guess when I am really lousy at this one, so I probably should stay on this a real long time, but... We've been married 30, Rita said 38 years the other night. It's been 37. She, it just, time just flies by, I guess, for her that we've been married. But, uh, been married 37 years. She's about to give up on this one on me. 
But the second R is romance. Ladies, do you guys, are, are your guys doing really good at this? Uh, if they're anything like me, then you can shake your heads and, 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 uh, and only hope. But the reality, guys, if we want to have a, if we want to have a marriage that, that is uplifting and is powerful and is strong, we at least have to recognize that this is part of marriage. But realize a couple things. Uh, realize that you're different than your wife. Ladies, realize that your husband is different than you. And, and the way we see romance, I, we, we don't have to go very graphic here, but the way we see romance is, is completely different in, uh, in husbands and wives. There, there was a, a young couple that had, had their first child. They just got home from the hospital. Later that evening, the, the baby had been put down, was laying in the crib asleep, and, and uh, the, the wife walked in the room, and the husband was standing there over the crib and just staring down at their, into the crib. And the wife saw that, and, and, and he had a kind of a look of amazement and awe on his face. And as she stood there observing her husband looking down at the crib, a tear kind of came to her eye. She was so moved, and she walked up, walked up to him and put her hand in the small of his back and said, a penny for your thoughts. And he said, how do they build a crib for $99? This is amazing. <laughs> uh, ladies, our, our, uh, our idea of romance is maybe a little different than yours sometimes. It's, it's no, better, no better illustrated in Reed and I's life than, than buying cards. I hope your husband's a better card buyer than I, but we, 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 go, to, we go to buy cards in completely different ways. Rita. Rita will go to Walmart or wherever we can get the cards and she will, she'll pull a card out and she'll card, card, same thing cards too, yeah. uh, cards. She'll pull a, a, a card out and read the front and you might see a little smile come across her face and then she'll, she'll read the inside and then she'll gently put it back and then she'll take another one and just, and put it back. I mean, birthday card, anniversary, graduation, whatever, she'll go through that. I grab a card. If I laugh, I buy it. If I don't laugh, then the you know, first one I get that I laugh, that's the card I'm going to get. Read a lot. I'm sorry, honey. I told you I was going to preach on Mary today. Uh, so I told her she needed to be nice to me. She was mean to me on the way up here today. No, she wasn't. She wasn't. When she gets a card, she'll, she'll underline keywords, you know, on the card. So when you open it, that's, you know, it's kind of a family joke. And, you know that we she but she keeps doing it. You, yeah, they laugh too. So, um, but she'll under she, she the card means so much. Or now now we kind of got where I'll take a picture of a card and say if I was going to buy one, this is the one I would have bought for you, um, honey. But uh, uh, the the reality is is husbands wives we we uh, we just see the world differently. Realize we're different, but. But let me say this, realize the need. Husbands, we may not want to, uh, I, I make fun and I kind of laugh and I kind of, well, I can't be changed. But, but the truth is, the truth is I need to realize the need because our wives need a certain amount of romance. Now, now maybe I'm not going to ever be what she would have hoped, but, but I can certainly realize that she has a need for romance and seek 
to, to meet that need. The same way with wives, you, you, you need to realize that, that men and husbands have certain needs that, uh, for romance, and you can do something about that as well. Guys, we have to ultimately be intentional with our romance. We have to decide that we're going to do something about it. We have to decide that we're going to notice those small things, whether, whether it's flowers or a card or, or, or a gentle word, or if it's, honey, sit down, let me do the dishes for you tonight, whatever it might be. Instead of cooking, let's go out. It can be all sorts of things. But guys, we have to, we have to be intentional about our desire to meet the need that our wife has in romance. But, but wives, we need attention as well. A few years ago, uh, uh, Pepper Rogers, he was the, uh, it's been several years ago now, he was the football coach for UCLA, uh, and they were having a terrible season. They were in the midst of a long losing streak, and things had got bad. Uh, the, the fans had turned against him, the students had turned against him, and it even was affecting stuff at home. He went home and he felt tension at home, and, 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 and he said one time that the only friend he had was his dog. Uh, when he went home. So he said to his wife, you know, you know, honey, a, a man needs at least two friends. And Roger said, so his wife bought him a second dog. Um, <laughs> but, but we need to realize the need and see if we can do something about it and then realize what the result is. Don't, don't be like this. Uh, a woman was driving through northern Arizona and, and, uh, she saw a, a Navajo woman beside the road that was hitchhiking. So she stopped and picked her up and, and they drove for several miles and didn't say much, and then they began to have some small talk. And, and the lady had a, a brown bag sitting on the seat with her and, and noticed the Navajo woman looking at it a couple times. And so she said, you're wondering what's in the bag? said, that's a bottle of wine. I, I got it for my husband. Um, said she, the, the Navajo woman nodded a couple times and then finally said this, good trade. <laughs> but... What happens, what happens when, when we really, when we really respect and seek romance in our marriage and we reach out to meet the needs of our husband or our wife? What happens? It builds up not just them, but us. When I seek to see the need of my wife, whatever that might be, when I, when I try to lift her up, when you seek your husband to try to Build his needs up. What what happens? It certainly lifts them up. But you know what else happens? It's the the intended consequence. We don't realize is always there. We're the one that's lifted up as well. We are brought up as well by that. And finally, let's look at one last thing, and it's responsibility. We have to take responsibility if we want to have a, a marriage that is enduring and lasting and powerful and strong. And we need to, first of all, identify what our responsibility is. Let me, let me speak very plainly uh, to, to guys. Our responsibility is simply us. Your responsibility is not to change your wife, to make her into what you think she should be. Your responsibility is you. Wives, let me speak very purposeful to you. Your responsibility is not to change your husband. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have conversations about things that need to be changed. I'm not talking ridiculous here. We, we certainly can have those conversations. But wives, the only person you're responsible for is yourself. Pat Williams is the, uh, or was, I don't think he is now, was the general manager for the Orlando Magic for years. Uh, he and his wife had several children, biological, and then they adopted several children as well. And they went through a time of great struggling uh, where, where the wife just 
just lost her passion for the marriage. In fact, she ended up telling Pat, her husband, that, that she didn't love him anymore. She wasn't going to leave him. She believed and was trusting in, in, in their marriage, and, and she would no way divorce him, but she just didn't love him anymore. Pat Williams struggled with how he could handle that. And for the longest time, he tried to change her. He tried to do things, make her see things differently. And he finally, with the advice of a friend, realized, you know what, the only one he could change was himself. And so he began to just change himself, to start to do small things himself, to, look, to show her love and respect and honor her. He, he catalogs this or records this in a book called Rekindled. It, it didn't take a week or a month. It took several months or several years. But finally the love was rekindled when he changed him. We have to see our responsibility identify what our responsibility is. We have to ratify that responsibility. Realize that we're the ones that can do it. Tony Campolo says this, that we need to to make an effort to do 10 things every day that we would do if we were in love. What? 10 things that we would do if we were in love. Well, I love my wife. I love my husband. Yeah, but but if you were in love, you, you know, back to that time when you first started out, you were first married, you were first dating, when, when, when that took, if we would do 10 things a day like that, it would change our marriage. And finally, finally let it fly. If we, if we truly want to have marriages that honor Christ, if we truly respect our husband, respect our wife, if we truly are in passion for romance for our husband and for our wife, if we take responsibility for ourselves, then it will will fly. But why? I go back to verse verse twenty one. Submit yourselves one another out of reverence for Christ. Church, we're called to have strong marriages. Why? Well, it makes life easier for us. It makes life better for us. It, it's a good example for our kids. Certainly, we want that. But we're called to have strong marriages. We're called to have strong relationships because it reverences our Maker. Would you bow with me? Father, we, we thank you for the gift that you've given us of marriage. We thank you for the gift that you've given us of relationships, even outside of marriage where we can, uh, can have friends and, and brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, that we can submit to, that we can respect, that we can honor. Father, we pray for, uh, we pray for the marriages in this church. We pray that you will honor them and lift them up and encourage and strengthen them. Uh, Father, uh, we live in a time where we're attacked at every turn. And there's so many things that challenge us. But Father, you've called us to live lives that honor and reverence you. Father, let us do that in our marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here this morning and you... Uh, don't know Christ, we would certainly invite and encourage you to come at this time. Christ wants to have a, a place in your heart. He wants to give you hope and, and forgiveness. As Derek was talking about in his meditation earlier, uh, we, we all are, are sinners. Uh, the, the truth is of that 99, it really is all of us. We've all gone astray. We've all stepped the wrong direction. And, and God is, is willing to offer us hope and a way back. If you're here this morning you don't know Jesus, we'd invite you to come. Maybe you're here this morning and you just have a need. You'd like for us to, to join in prayer with you on that need. Uh, we'd invite you to come through so stand and sing. Would you stand?